we are live. Welcome to today's GTFO, Grow Traffic Figures It Out. Um, and today we are talking about healthy workplace cultures. Um, so we've got five top tips for you on how to create a healthy workplace culture, which is not something that happens in a Petri dish, but I always think about that when I say that now. Um, so first of all, Natalie, what's your name? Where'd you come from? Hi, thanks Rachel. Hi everyone, Natalie from Dynamic HR Services. Um, so I am over in uh, Cheshire, uh, in the posh part of Cheshire. Uh, I won't give you too many details because I do get stalked by weird employees uh, that I've packed over the years. <laughs> so I'm out in the sticks. <laughs> Try and find You've me. run away, run away to the <laughs> run away. I have, yeah, <laughs> quite literally. Um, <laughs> So yeah, um, my business is basically, I, I started off life as an HR consultant um, or in HR and then became, then set up my own business uh, to do HR, non-traditional sort of way and an unconventional approach. But I've been pulled more and more into working uh, with the small businesses on creating great workplace cultures, which I'm guessing is why I'm here. <laughs> that is exactly why we're here. Yeah. Well, that and and I think we just know a lot of the. I know you and you and Dali obviously used to work together, but um, yeah. I know it. You know, it's always a small world, isn't it? But we have had lots of mutual friends for quite some time, mm. um, and then obviously started talking. But yeah, you know, workplace culture is something we've been thinking about quite a lot at growth traffic in the last couple of years because we've gone from four to well nine now uh, with more coming on board and obviously you know the the workplace culture is something that that is is really important to us because when we first set out building grow traffic we said you know one of our main goals was to build the type of company that we would want to work for and so yeah. putting creating a good culture and putting that front and center was was as as important to us and and making a, a company that people wanted to work for and had a good work-life balance and all the rest of it as doing seo and, and providing a good service to our clients so uh, we will come on to talk about all of these things but yes that's why you're here thank you simon dolly what's your name where'd you come from uh, Simon Daly, I am from Grow Traffic, one of the directors here at Grow Traffic, um, and various other bits and bobs that I kind of get involved with. Um, and you are on your way to a funeral, or are you going to a funeral next time here? Yes, uh, you've not uh, just, as, uh, as soon as we finish live, I'll be getting in the car and going to a funeral, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Probably my dad's about going to turn up any minute and, and wander in and talk to us while we're doing All it. All right, so. okay. He's coming to the funeral as well. Um, okay. So what was I going to say? So yeah, so I'm I'm a director of Grow Traffic, but also um, in my past life, I've uh, worked for an HR uh, company in a marketing role there, uh, led various campaigns, including one called the Pays to Play campaign, which is all about encouraging playful activity in the workplace. Mm -hmm. Which makes the rest of us at Grow Traffic like cringe. <laughs> when, when, when our they, offer, they force, playfulness. Yeah, we hate the word fun. Yeah, we're not fun. We're women against laughing. Um, anyway, uh, before we go on to talk about the top five tips for building a healthy workplace culture, oh. Natalie, give what happened to you this week? Oh, well, exciting things. Sorry, you, uh, there was a bit of a blip there. Um, oh, well, exciting things that happened to me. Well, I was invited to Gino DeCampo's launch of his new spring menu in his posh new uh, restaurant in Oldley Edge. And uh, I have to say it was pretty phenomenal. 
so yeah, yeah it was it was good did you see the photos i saw the photos and it made me very <laughs> jealous because we i had been in fact we had a conversation last night and we i was i was debating whether or not to order some italian food i've had a hankering all week for some really good italian food and in the end i didn't and i had a cheap crappy cardboard pizza at the freezer and then you put those photos up of that delicious italian food you'd had and i was like oh that's not fair <laughs> sorry yeah. it was pretty good yeah so he'd um he'd invited so i when i'm not doing hr um back in the day i worked in motorsport and i got very involved in the sort of behind the scenes of motorsport doing a lot of reporting and things like that and that kind of element of the lot of my life has kind of followed me through um to to other areas and uh, when i'm not doing hr i, I moonlight as a as a reporter um as a member of the press uh, from time to time and um i was invited to the press launch of the summer uh, the, sorry the spring and summer menu at uh, luciano's um he's called the restaurant chain so uh, and it was yeah it was very nice they did the, they put on a taster menu and uh, mr de campo was there himself and he was very just exactly what you'd expect. I mean, he is literally like the guy, like you would see yeah, on, yeah. you know, his on, uh, is it this morning and his Gino and Fred and what is it? Is it, who is it? Yeah, oh, Gino, oh, Fred and, um, oh, is it Gordon Ramsay? Gordon Ramsay, there you go, thanks. Yeah, so uh, he is just like that. He's very Italian, very bouncy, very flirty and lots of fun. Oh, good food and flirty Italian men. Well, yeah. Well. <laughs> well, I know, right? Great I way know. to spend yeah. an afternoon. <laughs> and motorsport as well. I'm jealous about that. I know loads of people who get. We've got a friend who's uh, been to all the Bahrain and Abu Dhabi and everything uh, Grand Prix recently. I'm like, this is not fair. Um, mm, Simon yeah. Daly, give me something interesting that happened to you today or this week. <clears throat> um, well, a week ago, we did the. We went to the Mers Ball, um, which was like the, the Rosendales. Um, Mer the Mayor of Rosendale's kind of gala evening type thing and we were sponsoring it weren't we, we sponsored the entertainment there um, so it was a lovely evening um, and yeah it was very nice got to was, get yes. and we, we got dressed up and I had a, re a, a good dance with some nice men, one very small man, one very tall man so, yeah. Was I the tall man? No, you weren't. No, no, you were neither of them. And I was. I, I was. Of I wasn't part of the nice men. No, you weren't. <laughs> you weren't part of the nice <laughs> men. No, 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 no. one of the nice men that I danced with. <laughs> uh, anyway, right. Moving on. Moving on. So today we are here to talk about top five tips for building a healthy workplace culture. So, tip number one: start at the top. Now, this sounds obvious, doesn't it? But but this is, in fact, this is a very conversation I was having some with somebody just last week on Facebook. Um, and I, I, we were talking about the police in that instance. But I was saying that, you know, any good workplace, it, it's top down, isn't it? You can do everything you want to ensure that, you know, the people at the bottom are following the rules or are happy or whatever. But if you haven't got management or a good, you know, workplace culture, ethic and whatever, and it isn't being led from the front, it is going to fail at every single step, isn't it, Natalie? Yeah, in my experience, absolutely. You know, I have a, a saying that probably multiple people have used before, but the, you know, a fish rots from the head downwards. And it is true. It is true. If the people at the top are not on board and I've had the only, one and only company that I have not been able to turn around from having a toxic work culture was um, a company whose boss and the owner and boss of it was just refused to get on board with me, even though he came to be in trouble 
he was like these things are happening in my business i'm desperate for some help but then wouldn't change so you know from, so from my opinion and in my experience then yes absolutely culture is driven from at uh, the top um even if it's even if the culture changes or the sort of the ethos is driven from initially the employees and the top person has to jump on board and has to create that change and create the momentum and you know actually get you know actually do the work to make that those changes for sure and i suppose in a you know in a small business a small company you know that's fairly easy isn't it that's that's fairly flexible um and and you would imagine or you would hope that it is the the directors or the managers or whatever that are, that are leading that but i would imagine that the difficulty then comes in when you're talking about those larger companies for example it might be a, a manager that is coming to, to you or, or wants to make changes they they can influence the people below them but yeah. they haven't got that level of in, influence on the people above them so you know if you are in that situation how would you advise somebody to to get their their higher level managers or, or directors or whatever on board that's a really interesting question so my specialty is working with small and medium businesses whereby that doesn't happen um majority of the time it is it may be an element of managers have sort of come to me said i need some help and then but their, their bosses are fairly easy to bring on board because there's so many benefits of actually creating a great culture it's very rare that i've ever had to work in a company or work with a company whereby um the management are not apart from that one particular company but I would say that if you as a manager is thinking, oh, well, I want to make my my department or my workplace a great place to work, even though the rest of the wider of the team are not on board, then to make somebody's to make your team's life a better place and or a better, you know, have a better time during that, you know, during that or a better experience during that, you know, their job, then you know, there's there's obviously other tips that are going to come, but there it is possible. It's just that you will be doing it in silo, which is sad. I think as well, I mean, it's a little bit... Sandra Renner said, um, there's, a, there's a little bit of a sort of crossover here in, in what we do in that quite a lot of the time, you know, the person who comes to grow traffic for SEO or digital marketing, whatever it might be, they understand the benefits of it. They, they, they have to do a piece of work perhaps that then convinces either their bosses or the, you know, line managers or whatever it might be. Um, I presume some of it will just be in, in showing the evidence. I mean, Dali, you've, you've done this in the past, haven't you, where you've implemented this in a workplace. Was it a case of let's do it and show the benefits and, and people will come along with us? Or does everybody need to be on board before you start? Um, a bit of both in some ways. So, as a, a, you know, the, the marketing department quite often fits uh, in, it deals with the, the HR department to help kind of form that culture whether that be through internal comms or developing a kind of um cultural brand if you like that, that everyone adheres to uh part of that has to be top down because the the employers the the kind of senior c-suite or whatever it would be they have to agree to invest in that process because getting there takes time and obviously that that's that's a resource commitment but then part of that process um, from a, a, cult, a marketing kind of perspective is understanding your brand and then understanding how your team talks and talks to customers, talks to each other, and then finding the 
say words that you're going to take out and say this is this is one of our kind of brand words for example because half of our team say it and we 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 didn't realize so that those type of things come from the top up uh, sorry the bottom up and then you also find that there there are things where you say actually the way that we are talking doesn't align with our values with our brand so we have to rein that in and bring that back so it kind of flows and and eventually if it works really well you start to use all these things as part of your guardrails for how your culture should exist. And so HR implements a bit, marketing owns a bit, they, you know, they, they, but it, it has to start top down, but then it, it can flow up as well. Mm, I mean, yeah. that, that you, you are bleeding a little bit into our next point, but yeah, I mean... You know it, me, Rola. Of course I do, I do. Um, uh, it, it's interesting though, isn't it, how you've, you've started to say there that, that this workplace culture, you know, initially th this, is a, this is a digital marketing podcast, isn't it? Why are we talking about workplace culture? But actually you, you've started to say it there that, that having a workplace culture bleeds out into everything else that you're doing and it, and it bleeds out into the impression that you're putting out into the world about your company and your brand and what you do, doesn't it? I, I rely very heavily when when necessary or when I have a bit a company big enough to have their own department uh, for marketing department or marketing team. I rely heavily on them getting involved and uh, and being involved with it because you're absolutely right. I mean, there's you know, there's a framework that I can put into businesses, but you're right. You have to start at the top. You also need, the, you know, your, your team on board as well, you know, with it. And normally I sort of find the ones who are the people who are kind of those that sort of. You know the type of people that go out and buy the the latest uh, piece of Apple or you know whatever like the latest phone. They're normally really good for actually jumping in new things within the business because they love new things and if you present it to them, they'll go out and champion it for you. Um, it's clever for the right people and let them run with it, right? Um, but you're right. So you know, you're sort of finding you're finding the influencers within yeah. the business, aren't you? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I get them to crack on and do my job for me, basically. Um, <laughs> but that's it. Sort of that's once all of the framework and all the behind the scenes work is done, um, you know, and put in place. But for sure, I mean, I think we are going to be moving on into the next top tip, which is to have a strong mission, vision, values. But again, you know, marketing is very much uh, involved in that. If you if you apply the same PR and marketing as you do to attract clients, then you can do the same. You know, you can you can do a lot of good within your business as well. Yeah. Okay. And, and you're absolutely right. Let's move on to point number two. So move on. Point number one: top five tips for building a, a healthy workplace culture. Tip number one: start at the top and work your way down. Tip number two: have a vision and share it i think those two things go hand in hand don't they so explain natalie what do we mean by vision okay so you, your vision is the aspirational um so sort of what your business wants to is is looking to achieve it's more of the aspirational kind of thing rather than uh, a mission which is a bit more about how we're going to do that okay so um it's it is different but they are they would obviously work together um it's really important that a company owner or whoever's leading the business uh, has a very strong vision because without a strong vision, then nobody knows where they're aiming for. OK, that is then underpinned by the mission, which, like I said before, is a bit more practical. OK, so how we're going to do things, how we're going to get to the vision. Um, and then the values are the things that underpin all of those things and bring everyone together on the same path. Right. 
all of those things super useful because it's a bit like having a ship without a rudder or a sail if you don't know or a map you know you're like sort of sailing around in the big blue sea and you kind of unless everyone knows exactly where they're heading to then what you find is you find little break off sort of people people who will break things off or departments that will sort of go rogue a little bit and and that causes can cause toxicity but certainly close it certainly initially causes confusion within the business mm. so depending on again the bigger the business the more at risk they are of sort of having people hive off and try and do different things you know like, but just don't really work towards the company's vision yeah i think the key thing here as well is the share it bit isn't it so you know dale i mean you've been involved in in companies where it's been you know that has been a fundamental part of the brand how then do you share that with employees how do you share it with stakeholders with potential customers well uh, so going back to the top that so so talking about vision uh vision i i always say that vision is is what we want to do to change the world um that's our kind of if we could change the world what are we going to do to change the world um and then the mission is kind of that almost like that everyday business as usual what we're going to do to get there. Um, kind of what you said. Um, it's exactly what she said, yeah. It's a, it's, yeah, no, it's exactly what We still admitted it. We still said it. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? So, but but that that vision, in in many cases, that has to come from the top as well. So that that has to be a core part of um, the business. You know, the reason that the business exists. You can retrofit it, and a lot, you know, many businesses do retrofit it, but um, it has to be something that the top really kind of can get on board with and behind. Um, and and it depends on the company, and it depends on how it's how the recruitment's been done. Quite often, when when you recruit people, if you can if you can instill that brand ethos, that vision, that that mission, and all the company values into your new recruits from the beginning then you have a much better chance of, of getting buy-in later down the line. But, um, but like really practically speaking, what is what what does that look like? Because you you know, I mean we've been interviewing, haven't we, for, for new staff this last week, and we always start an interview off not talking about them, but telling them about grow traffic and saying this is what we stand for and this is what we believe in, this is what it's like to work here. You know, does that sound good? Right, let's carry on with the conversation. Because you they kind of have to understand what we're like before we can decide whether or not we like it. But it's it not starts, a thing, you don't it want to Sorry, Rachel, it starts even further back than that. You know, it starts with that, with the recruitment process, it starts with the, you know, the job ad. It's yes. the words that you use in that. It's the yeah. language that you use. It's how you portray yourself. Um, trying to attract the right people before you even get to interview. But, yeah, the, the way that we start to... Yeah, at every point. So, for me, and, again, this is one of the top tips later down, actually, is one of what, for me, it's about... Um, getting people to deselect themselves from the process, knowing that they're not right. So if you're using very formal language, for example, in a very corporate-minded role, and you're, then you are definitely not going to attract the type of person that, um, that I am, for example. I mean, not a chance in hell. I, I'm very much, um, you know, the types of cultures that I create within businesses are very much um, sort of non-hierarchical, more flat, um, sort of based companies more outcome based rather than that command and control old style you know of, of working um, so it's, you're looking for people who are self-starters really a kind of almost like the 
employeepreneur, right? So, you know, those are the types of businesses that I work with, but that's my niche, right? So the types of language that I would use in an advert is completely different to the type of language I would use if I was recruiting for, you know, a, a, a blue chip company or, you know, a very corporate company with lots of hierarchy. Because I want I want the people that are reading that to deselect themselves and go, nah, don't fancy that. Mm. But so once we've got people, sorry, that sound is horrendous, isn't it? Once we've got people and they are, uh, you know, employees and they're, they're in the business, how do you keep reiterating that? Because you don't want to be like America, do you? Where like at the beginning of every team meeting, we stand and pledge the mission and values of the business. No, please don't do that. <laughs> you know, how, do, how do you keep that, that alive? And, you know, how do you make sure you are continually telling people that this is what this company is about and this is where we're trying to get to without continually telling people this is where we're trying to get to you continually tell people what you're doing so there's a number of ways of doing it um the first place that i always start is to have i i do to be fair listen i'm not going to have employees that stood there you know chanting the, the the values and the vision um but every sort of every opportunity that a leader or a manager has to interact with their people they need to be um enforcing or not enforcing but reinforcing that's a better word um, and empowering their people to be able to get on board and actually follow that mission vision and values it's about having a framework in place where it's constantly reinforcing those things right so you know that could include um the way you recruit it's it's having those mission vision and values on your job description it's about having outcomes um very much created around those mission vision and values and obviously then the um, the company business plan as well really important um it's about giving communicating with people on a regular basis on how the company's doing what's going on what are the priorities um and then giving them regular feedback right so having that regular two-way feedback process allows you and also a feedback process or a a, a process that reinforces and rewards and challenges people on the company mission vision and values as well really really important and then it's about uh, rewarding good behavior so if you have a list of the types of behaviors that you want to encourage in your business in your business and you see certain people showing those behaviors then it's a bit like rewarding like you know dogs when they sit by giving them a biscuit it's, it's not as you know not as basic as that but it's about knowing what each person needs as an individual and rewarding them for showing those behaviors well it's positive yeah of course it is yeah it, you know in the set like you say it's not as simple as training a dog or training a horse or whatever but it's those same principles you don't want to be or i certainly wouldn't want to be the type of company that is constantly telling people off or putting them into tension or hauling them over the coast you don't want to be berating people no. no exactly but but just by doing that you know telling somebody when they've done something well and this is something that i do really try and do if somebody's done something that that i recognize we make sure we put that in the whatsapp group say hey, i've just seen that thing that you did and it's really good and you're oh, dally you do it all the time i've just read that blog it's really good um and i think that you know it's key isn't it because also you you're not just you know telling people about what what your company stands for but you you are telling somebody just in a little way on a daily basis actually you know you, you you're doing a good job and that makes people want to work harder and try harder and do better and learn more and, and you get loyalty yeah. so again it's that trickle down approach isn't it of it, it it then it becomes part of your marketing it becomes part of your employees it becomes part of how you go out and face the world you know it's all of those things i think the the way that i deal with with you know the way that I feedback on the blogs is is possibly quite 
quite a good example, really, because I try and just give a feed, bit of feedback on almost all the blogs that that team write specifically for us, not for any of the clients, but the ones that they write for us. And largely, that that's really positive, isn't it? That, yeah. And but very rarely, I, I I get to give a little bit of um, constructive a shit sandwich. Feedback. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> but because I'm because I'm positively like reinforcing the majority of the stuff we do, it actually means that the odd time that I do pick something out, then it, it you know it's easier for somebody to handle. It doesn't feel like they're being micromanaged and everything. It means more. It means more. Mm, yeah. I, I do see Justin. You you mentioned about WhatsApp before, Rachel. So after Christmas, um, we had a number of new new people in the team. We were starting to feel like we we're a bit of a different company. Um, we had issues, we were noticing issues with kind of quality assurance and things like that. And we started to recognise that the way that we communicated in WhatsApp was probably going to have to change as the company grew. You know, it was, it, was, it was right for a few people. But as we got more towards 10 people, we, we were recognising that we were have, having to, we're, we're, we just have to be a bit more, not not formal's not the right word, but maybe professional's the right word, or um, just change it up a little bit. So we're we're without losing, but the important thing is doing that without losing that that culture that made us special in the first place. Yeah, well, as well, it was about breaking things up, wasn't it? You know, we had the one WhatsApp group, which, as you say, when there's five of us, six of us, one WhatsApp group is fine. But yeah. eventually we, we had to break that up and have start having specific sessions because otherwise it's just too much and it gets lost and none of it's taken seriously and it's all kind of misconstrued and stuff. So, yeah, we had to really think about that. But I think, you know, not unlike any, any business over the last two years, the challenges that we faced were about bringing new people on whilst we're all working remotely which is very different to bringing on new staff when you're sat next to them in an office and you can have those conversations of oh this is the way we do things here or you know this is why we say these stuff it's really easy when you're all together when you're all spread out and we're in Lancashire Yorkshire you know Greater Manchester whatever um it it does make those challenges slightly harder because you're just not having those day-to-day conversations so you actually have to make that point of saying these are our values or this is what we're doing or you know having a a a fortnightly meeting and saying this is what we're working on in the background this is where we're trying to get to and it's just and it makes life easier if you've got a framework that's written down go on darling you want to say something well go on that's bringing us on to point three so quick yeah just yeah no just really quickly about vision and mission because it's interesting um as uh you know as a marketer as a marketer having done this for all of my career it's really easy to do it for you know to help somebody else do it but there's there's something we i think we've all found it as kind of um the, the three of us running grow traffic have found it difficult in some ways to to kind of nail down our vision and really difficult to be honest about it you know or or be really open about it um and, and really explore where we, what our aspirations are not just for the business, but for ourselves personally. And it's it's been an interesting thing to to see it from the other side. 
I think mm. I mean that's the same with anything, isn't it? That's a, that's the same with you know your your website and and your social media. Also, you know, it's really easy to tell other people how to do it. It's yeah. a little bit harder to do it yourself. So, but yeah, you, you know, you're right. It, the, knowing the theory is one thing. Putting that into practice, and I think perhaps it's harder because when it is your own business, you have the emotion and and everything else that goes along with it. When you are coming in as a consultant, I imagine Natalie, yeah. it's not your business you can take all of the emotion out of that and say look black and white this is what you're going to have to do this is where you need to get to um you know it's it's a completely different scenario isn't it anyway i'm going to move us on because time is you've got a few to go. top five tips exactly. number one start at the top and work your way down number two have a vision and share it number three and we've already started touching on this but have a robust framework that supports you what do you mean natalie so the framework really, I mean, certainly the framework that I put into business is not something that's huge and overwhelming because, you know, small businesses need the flexibility. They need the agility to be able to flex and adapt whenever. Uh, but there are some really useful things that you all businesses must have in place. And this is part of the framework. So clear expectations for the for, for staff, what good looks like, really, really important some really decent job descriptions with measurable outcomes. I'm moving away from sort of task-based stuff more into working on outcomes because it's more of a, an adult way of doing things, in my opinion. Um, having clear and regular, uh, regular communication um, points. So flash meetings in the morning, just to talk about what's priority, who needs some help, who's got capacity, dead simple, should be 10 minutes. We're talking about monthly updates so that the, so that staff know exactly what's going on in the business, what's priority, you know, what are the challenges, what are the positives, celebrate together. Giving regular feedback to staff, so having that sort of platform for two-way communication with manager and then having a really good recruitment and onboarding process, which we've kind of covered a little bit anyway, but onboarding finding the right people and onboarding them so that they get indoctrinated into the sort of the, the cult that is cult. Cult. Yeah. Yeah. Um, really, really important. And identifying if they're not the right people as well. And we'll, I know that's the next bit. Um, but those are definitely <coughs> the majority of your framework. Yeah, it's, it's not when you said framework, I think people instantly think about contracts, don't they? And they think about... Yeah, know, obviously HR is important. Yeah, the HR and the documents are super important. I mean, that's basically what's going to save your ass if things go wrong, right? Uh, and that is obviously part of the framework as well, if certainly the ones that I put into businesses. Um, but really from actually creating a great culture, let's set, to be honest, you know, the, the sort of having a contract of employment is not going to make you a great culture. It's the thing that's going to save your backside when shit goes wrong, but it isn't going to, it's not going to create a good culture. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. you know, those are the basics. They should, have, they should be in the business anyway, right? Well, they should, Sorry. but I think it's amazing how often they're missed. And and you're absolutely right; those little things. And and we're we're really guilty of this. So as I said before, you know, when we started working from home, and I think this was a, a it was like a, an impact of being furloughed, or you know, well, we weren't furloughed, but but furloughing staff as well. Yeah. We, we just put our heads down. We were working away. Anything that wasn't fundamentally essential to running the business was scrapped because we were busy and we were struggling yeah. and we were trying to yeah. survive. And, and then we forgot to bring those back in. So we didn't have a team meeting for about a year. Um, and it's amazing how quickly things start to slide. And 
mm. you know, we know what's going on in, in the business most of the time because we're kind of doing it. But you forget that if you are a member of staff and you are working from home and you might be, you know, quite a significant distance away, you've got yeah. no idea what your bosses are doing or how the business is. And like one of our members of staff, we had a conversation about money and we were saying like, oh, yeah, well, well we've got this big VAT bill coming, blah, blah. And she started panicking. She was like, oh, my God, are we going to survive? And we're like no, no, we're fine. It's fine. It's just, but we hadn't communicated yeah. anything. So she was worrying about stuff. And it is just those little things that you forget. Yeah, it's so important. Like you say, weekly team meetings, daily huddles or some whatever you call them if you can. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're just crucial, aren't they? They are. Yeah, absolutely. The more communication, I've said this um, recently, I wrote a, um, an article actually for Elite Business, but it was all about the fact that, you know, relationships and communication and connection is going to be the next business currency because that's what people are missing in their lives. And yes, flexible working and working from home and virtual working is all really, really important. If you're not offering that to your staff, then you are going to get left behind. There is no doubt about it. Um, yeah. But yeah. at the same time, during all, all of those challenges need to be connected with relationships and connection. Mm. Dali, go on. Um, sorry, no, I, I, I was going to say, I'm, I'm going to have to go any minute, Rachel. Okay, <laughs> okay. Sorry, that's that's um, all right. If you, if you need so to shoot off, they, that's fine. Yeah, carry on, carry on. Well, is there anything you want to give us, drop us your pearls of wisdom before you leave? Yeah, which bits did you disagree with, Dali? Yeah. <laughs> go on. Um, the the higher fast the fire fast yeah, i thought yeah, that would be it yeah i disagree with, with the most and and to be honest the reason for that the reason for that is mainly because of the business that we previously all worked for both yeah. worked for yeah. um ever since then i always said that and it comes back to what rachel said before about creating business that that we want to work with work in we would want to work in i always Say, said that I, I wouldn't want to create a business where it was easy to to fire someone. I, I always want it to really hurt. That's yeah. that's, and I, I've always said that. Um, but saying that, if the recruitment process is robust and and you know we're getting the right people coming through in the first place, it shouldn't happen. Um, and and also I think we've got to take a bit of responsibility over this because if if somebody's there and they're not working often. It's, it's 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 your fault not necessarily theirs because they've been successful in what they've done before um you know why aren't you getting the best out of them in this environment what's happening yeah there's there's a lot of caveats that go around with that i kind of use that top tip as a bit of a as a bit of a controversial one to be honest so um hiring fast is really important at this moment in time because the great great, great resignation and all of the things that are happening in the world right now um you if you do not fire if you sorry if you do not hire fast you will lose people really really quickly so whilst back in the day we used to put a shit ton of hoops in for people to come through to make sure they're the right people you within within hours you will lose people to a competitor if you don't hire fast so what i'm now suggesting is not to try and spend hours and days and weeks you know going through lots of different um, loopholes to get people into your business if you find someone that you think fits the culture and has the right skills then get them in fast right however you should always have a six month probation period and that's the time that you both of you a bit like a marriage you know or a bit like a relationship should be sussing each other out and deciding whether or not you want to work with each other for a you know continued time after that 
And I think really the fire fast is within that time is if you identify that this person is not a good culture fit, doesn't share the same values as your business, and perhaps is not as driven as maybe some of your other people, then you should really look to fire fast in the most compassionate way. Yeah. So, you know, don't just be a total, don't total knob and just, you know, go right, you're fired. I think it's about providing that person with the right support, giving them a chance and explaining exactly what you want to see from them. But if it's not working out, then don't sit on it, because this is some of the things that I see a lot on a regular basis is that people, you know, managers and leaders have sat on that, you know, somebody who's not fitted for a year or two years and then suddenly want to remove them from the business realistically you should be removing them from your business within the first sort of six to 12 months if it's definitely not working out and you've tried everything to you know pull them into and, and support them into your culture yeah there Absolutely. you go there's my caveat uh, yeah i agree with that Kelly, do you want to say goodbye yeah i'm gonna have to go go to the funeral but um thank you very much thanks rachel thanks natalie we'll have to uh, catch thank up you. at some point soon. yeah we'll All definitely right. catch up um yeah i just want to say i i think i i agree wholeheartedly with that and i think you're absolutely right that six month probation period is there for a reason but it's like we were saying before isn't it you know if you are putting out the right impression and you know you you're giving out a a, a true and an authentic representation of what your business is you should be attracting the right people and you do really know quite quickly whether or not somebody is going to fit and and it's all very well saying well I want to give them a chance and I want you know I want to try my heart Hannah's made a comment actually about you know firing should be easy because by the time you're ready to fire them you know that you have tried everything you know that you've given it your best shot you've you done yeah. and you are certain that it's not going to work um and so yeah I'm, I'm with that and I mean we had this just last week as I said we, we've been interviewing for a content marketing executive recently mm-hmm. which is not a you know not a massively high level in the slightest but we we interviewed someone really liked him went back the next day or I think it was the day after actually um and said yes we'd like to make you an offer by which time he'd already been offered a job by somebody yeah. else it is a it's an employee's it's market it's brutal it? out there it's absolutely brutal yeah oh, absolutely Hi, <laughs> <laughs> you coach <laughs> you yeah. come fed up a typing very quickly you know you take that little spot and jump in yeah it's a brutal it's brutal environment out there at the moment um but also the thing is right so Listen, I don't know whether you've ever been worked in a place where you have felt like a black sheep, right? And you just haven't fitted. But you're sort of, you really want to try and fit, but you know that it's not really right for you. And for me, it's more compassionate to let those type of people, those people go because they're never going to be happy in a culture, you know, whereby, you know, I've worked in some pretty brutal cultures, by the way, very work hard, play hard type, sell your soul to the devil type places. I just didn't fit. I was really deeply unhappy, but I stayed there because I thought I needed to put myself through it. And actually, really, in hindsight, it wasn't the right place for me. It wasn't, you know, I wasn't the right people, you know, person for for that particular culture. And I think you've got to, I think we've, all of us have got to, as an employee and as a manager or leader, have to decide, am I happy in this job? And, you know, be honest and then go and find ourselves new jobs if we're not happy. Yeah. I, do I used to work in a place where um, I just didn't fit. I wasn't professional and polished enough and mm-hmm. they didn't like me and I didn't like them. And 
everyone's much happier since I moved on. But Natalie, how do you balance making it so that you get people who's who are a good cultural fit and avoiding having kind of carbon copied staff? Yeah, that's, yeah, that's really interesting. Okay. So this is a really this is a common question and it's it's important from a diversity and equality point of view is that if you're out there to try and find the same people like you or the same people um as you've already got that's not what that's not <laughs> that's not about hiring to the same vision or values right you can have multiple different people from different backgrounds different ethnicities different genders all having all all that come together with a similar same or similar vision a same or similar passion and have shared values and that's yeah. what you're looking for you're not looking for carbon copies of people you're you're looking for people with diverse skills at diverse qualifications but that it's the main thing is is about you all coming together um, for the sh same shared purpose with the same commonality and it doesn't matter whether you take people from any background any ethnicity yeah, any gender um any orientation it's that it's the those key elements that you're looking to, to create or to recreate so it's not, it's not personality it's no, no very much not. yeah yeah and yeah, that's why it's so important, isn't it, to put those values front and center and to say this yeah. is these this is what we stand for and this is where yeah. we're going. Because you're right, we've hired people in the past and at first we were like, it's not really gonna and, and they've worked out to be absolutely brilliant. And then we've hired yeah. other people who are very like us and they, yeah. they haven't quite fit for you know for a multitude of reasons. And absolutely sometimes you find that perfect person in the most unexpected places, don't you? And you're like, I would just was not expecting that person. Yeah. That we hired to be so aligned and to come along with us and to, to do everything. So yeah, it's about about taking brave. But but again, this is why absolutely it comes back to point four, which I didn't actually say before we all started talking about it. But I'll recap in a minute. But the, the higher fast, fire fast. That's why you have to do that because you're not going to know until you start working with somebody exactly how well they fit and what they're going to be like. You can't work that out from an hour's interview or two hours interview or you know. And let's be honest. Most people bullshit in their interviews. Yeah. I mean, I did. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, I literally got all of the jobs that I ever did on basically yeah, a whole load of bullshit, which is probably yeah. why I got fired fairly quickly after. <laughs> I once told a guy I was trying to get a job as a hotel receptionist, and I told the guy that my grandfather owned a chain of hotels in Blackpool. What do you mean a panic? Did I do it in a panic? No, I yeah. thought this is going to be an amazing strategy, this to get me this job. Oh, my God. <laughs> but also, I think some people are just so shy in in, in interviews. Yes. And I remember yeah. interviewing Chloe, who, you know, we absolutely love, and she's traveling the world, and we miss her dearly. Mm. And, God, she didn't say two words. And I thought going to be hard work and she's not and I say this to her face all the time so she won't mind saying it yeah, yeah. but she's not you know she was amazing she's an amazing woman and so I think sometimes like you know you kind of just have to take a punt on people if they've got a good skill set or if they've not got the skill set but they've got a good kind of you know shared values then mm -hmm. then take a punt because you can teach the skills would you say Natalie? yeah yeah you can in most cases yes you can teach skills um if you've got the personality uh and you know absolutely obviously some businesses and some 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 jobs needed need actual qualifications right yeah but yeah. Can, <laughs> still, yeah 
I'm gonna I mean, have never done finance before. I can't even add up, but I'm a nice person. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's about finding that balance. And like you said, that six month probationary period is there for a reason. So yeah. if they're if they're genuinely not gonna fit and you and you will know fairly quickly. You know they you know. know. Yeah, don't flog a dead horse, let it go. Uh, but but for everybody else. Okay, I'm gonna keep us going. So top five tips, building a healthy workplace culture number one start at the top because our culture begins at the top and it trickles down number two have a vision and share it equally as important number three have a robust framework that supports that so that you have a way of continually telling your staff and your suppliers and your customers and your potential customers what you stand for and why you are doing it number four hire fast and fire fast that's what we just talked about and number five know your people and i think when i was reading your notes natalie it was really interesting as well you didn't just say know your people you said treat them like adults um and i think yeah. that's really important isn't it yeah yeah it is listen at the end of the day if you're going to take if you're going to bring people into your business then uh, you know you're, you're bringing in experts in most cases you're bringing in experts in their own field you need to let them and empower them to to, to actually show their expertise i mean listen so I have all sorts of people that work in my business and they're all a hell of a lot better at everything that they do than I am. I don't even know half of the shit that they do. It's not that's not my responsibility. My responsibility is to know my 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 staff, my people and get to actually know what motivates them. I need to know about them. I need to know their kids names and their dogs and their cats and what motivates them, what gets them up in the morning, what what makes them passionate, what makes them sad and unhappy. Right. And the better you know your people, the more likely you'll be able to you know, respond to them in whatever mood or you know, energy levels they've got on that day. Um, you know, and it is about having that adult to adult relationship because very much back in the day, you know, I think the probably the people who led and or let's not use the word led, managed us back in the day came from that kind of like 70s, 80s kind of style of management, which very, was very much about lording it over everybody else and treating people under like children telling them off when they've done something naughty. And we still got an element of that, unfortunately, that ripples through employment law. Employment law is archaic. You know, it says, oh, if someone does something naughty, you need to take them through a disciplinary process. Well, mm. OK, yes, you might be able to do that in the eyes of the law. But is that actually going to get you to where you need to be? You know, is that actually going to motivate them? Probably not. Actually take them to one side and went, go, you know, that probably wasn't the best thing to do. Do you think we could do that? Some, you know, how would how could we do that differently another time? is more likely to generate better results you know because you're not undermining them you're not treating them like children and you're not disempowering your people and that unfortunately is very much the old style of management which we're trying to to move away from in my opinion people at the top should be either leading or coaching nothing else you know but yes you can manage your processes you can manage you know the sort of timelines and stuff mm. but when you're actually dealing with the people it's about leading and coaching. We're back yeah. to that positive reinforcement, aren't we? Yeah. It, 
it, it should be about rewarding the good things and giving examples. You said this before, you know, showing people this is this is the standard we expect. This is what we're aiming for. So this is really good rather than just, you know, if you're constantly telling somebody off or telling them that they're wrong or telling them that they're shit or whatever, that is so demoralizing. And then you yeah. end up in that situation, don't you, where you start, um, you know, you start making mistakes because you're so nervous yeah. and then, you know, yeah. you, you do everything wrong anyway. But yeah. I think what, what's also really interesting is that get to know people. And again, I think this is a, an easier thing to do in a smaller company than it is in a big one. But it makes you know people respond to different things in different ways and we you know you can see this brilliantly in 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 grow traffic where we have the full range of um mental uh, states of, of well-being um, yeah. probably each one of us goes through the full range on a day-to-day -day basis on a minute by minute basis yeah yeah well, we but, never but, do it at the same time we manage to do it like one a day like one person seems to pick a day for the mental breakdown yeah um, but it's really important that we learn how each other's responding because sometimes, you know, I know one person will respond better to just being told straight out, yes. whereas somebody else needs to be brought round to think that it was their idea in the first place. And in, and understanding that and knowing that you deal, there's no one size fits all, is there? You've got to have that individualized response and understanding people is key to that. And then you can hopefully try and bring the best out of them. And there's so knowing your people. Okay. Oh, sorry. Go on, Hannah. Yeah, go on. You're right. Well, I was going to tell a story, really, which I think is interesting and demonstrates that it is perfectly possible, even in a big company, to know your people. And it's the way that you set it up, really. And it's the way that you are. If you are focused on knowing your people, then you can do it. So the likes of Simpsons um, and uh, various other companies and one a particular company I'm going to use as an example, which I'm not going to name, but a company that I worked with many years ago. And the the, the, the manager, the CEO of the business, um, CEO of the business, knew all of this, his staff, right, by name, okay? And the reason why he was able to do that was because he actually took the time to learn it. Now, he didn't learn every single person. He didn't know, learn, like, all of the details. But what he used to do is on a regular basis, he would have um, meetings with his managers, and he would ask them to go through the teams, right? So he would kind of get to know them by proxy. So each manager would go through, well, this person's this, you know, is doing this at the moment, they're doing that, and they would name them, and then that's the way that he did it, right? So mm -hmm. it's perfectly possible, even in a very big company, to still know your teams and still know your people. Now I say to my clients to have a little black sort of a little black book or you know, whatever you color colour you choose, because sometimes black has a bit of a, an odd connotation. But you know, I have company I have <laughs> business owners who have like a little yellow book. And they will write just little, little notes about, oh, you know, such and such has had a baby or a grandpa, grandchild and it's called Bob or whatever it might be, you know, um, just so that they can rely on that the next time they need to have a conversation with that person. And I think it's really important to know these little tiny things because it means so much to the employee. Um, was it Franklin D. Roosevelt? I think that used to he used to he hired somebody specifically to to follow him around and and either note things down or remember things about people, so that when he met somebody, they would say, "Oh yeah, this is such as you know." Billy's they, they, got gal kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly like that. So that he yeah. was, he looked like he remembered everybody, and and that was one of the key things as to why he was so popular and everybody loved well, it because everyone the felt like. Though, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's also it's so important not just for culture but also for retention and recruitment 
Yes, absolutely nowhere to hide. And I think it became really clear. Um, the sun has just come out, and I yes, feel it really like has, I'm, hasn't it? I feel like I'm like gonna walk into the oh, light. God is coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> Doing my, my roof lantern. Um, so yeah, so you know, there's nowhere to hide, and the, the papers were full of stories, and, and social media was full of stories during the first lockdown about businesses that weren't trusting the staff that were like checking mouse clicks and stuff oh, like yeah. that and, you know that these people are grown-ups like they're able yeah. to you know function and manage their life and if you're so worried that someone's ripping you off then then they're probably not like firstly it probably says more about you than them yeah but also they're probably you know not not a good employee that's proven themselves in the past or you know, I just don't also, think. Also, I mean, how do you, you you must know uh, some you know what is going on in your business? If the work in your business is not getting done, you must know that, and therefore you can start yeah. to address it at a systemic level. But yes. if the work of your business is being done, and you you know things are going out, you you surely you don't need to be saying to your staff, you've got to log in and log out, and every time you go for a toilet break, you've got to clock off, and mm. I'm not paying you for that. It's just so outdated, isn't it? And it, and it, it really it, is. Yeah, it, it impacts everything about that employee's life then not just the yes. way that they work but you know the the way that you, you know surely you remember when I was in hospital and, and Dali wasn't allowed to take time off because it, it like it'd been seen as he had enough he'd had enough time off recently even though I was like dying of meningitis in hospital and that whole mentality then of he was panicking of uh, he didn't want to come to the hospital and you know maybe it's all just an excuse who knows <laughs> but you know he didn't it, even it, have it, a job at that time yeah, he, <laughs> he was just pretending um, but you know it trickles down into everything and it, and it, it impacts how people view their home life it impacts yeah. their mental health it impacts how often they take time off and then you get into present presenteeism and you, yes. you know you, all of that stuff and, it, and yeah, that trickle down impact is phenomenal and it's not just like um attitudes as well it's policies and processes so I remember having a miscarriage and um God, it is so bright in here. I remember having a miscarriage and because it was policy when somebody had had time off to get them in front of HR and do like a kind of, you know, like interrogation of their time mm. off. I was hauled in for having had like, I had like two weeks off having a miscarriage and the operation and, you know, all the sort of stuff that goes with it and the emotional trauma. And it was like, well, you know, this is just our policy. Like, why is that your policy still? Like, people get ill, life goes yeah, on. Yeah, have some flexibility about your policy. Yeah, very yeah. much. Yeah, and yeah. I left that place soon after and, you know, never looked back. Um, so I think in terms of retaining the staff that you've worked hard to train and that you've, like, spent money on recruiting and time and stuff, mm. I just don't know why you wouldn't treat them like adults. It's all yeah. of those are all of the things that I hate about traditional HR, like yeah. all of the things. Yeah, and I, I do hope. I mean, I, I've been saying this for two years. You know, I really, really hope that the pandemic has taught people that there is a different way. I mean, grow traffic. We're slightly ahead of the curve in that this is how we work running our business anyway. Yeah. But I was really, really hopeful that the pandemic has taught, and and I can see. You know, things are changing. The conversation is shifting. Yeah, the, was it the CEO of um, who was that company who said everybody had to go back in and like two thirds of them didn't or whatever? What was that company? Yeah, um, 
it was, it was, oh, it was in like, these, I remember, I can't think yeah, of the it was, a, it, was like a, it was a big global company anyway. He said, he said, I want everybody. or someone like that? Someone, it was like a financial services one, yeah. yeah. But he was like, I want everyone back in the office Monday morning. We're back to work. Nobody from turned home, up. And nobody turned up. But I think, and so there are like glimmers that things are changing. But I do think in, in our rush to return to normality, we have let a, a lot of those things slide back in and go back into that. So, you know, I know, I know change doesn't happen overnight. I know yeah. it will be a gradual thing thing but i genuinely hope that as a society we can carry on moving in that direction um, and on that note i'm conscious we have gone 25 minutes over here we've done an hour's session that was supposed to be 30 minutes uh, but it, it's absolute gold so we, we've never done this before <clears throat> so first of all Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank you very You're much. You're welcome. I'm a rule breaker, you know. Yeah. I like it. I, absolutely. There we go. Yeah. We're not sticking to a policy no. just for the sake of a policy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Top five tips then for building a healthy workplace culture. Number one, start at the top because it is a trickle down effect. Number two, have a vision, but more importantly, share it with people. Tell everybody about it and explain why. Number three, have a robust framework that supports that. And that isn't just policies and documents and handbooks. That is regular meetings and, you know, regular ways of keeping up with people and regular sessions down the pub, if that's what it takes. Yeah. Um, Number four, hire fast and fire fast. You you know, you know very quickly whether or not somebody's right. And if they're not, don't let it drag out. You know, get rid of them. Find somebody better. And number five, know your people. And that's the little thing. And finally, you know, know your people, but also treat your people like grown-ups because they are, unless yeah. you're doing child labor. So there we yeah. go. Top five tips. Um, Natalie, have you got a final thought or a final reminder that you'd like to give to people? Oh, goodness. Now you put me on spot. Um, no, I mean, listen, you know, let's let's do a quick a quick plug. If people are if there are CEOs or there are business owners out there who need help with either their HR or building a great culture, then do come to me. It is a passion. It's something I've been doing for many, many years before I even had a word for what I was doing. And um, yeah, literally. And uh, the pandemic has made has made changes. Society has changed. And if you're not going to jump on board, you will get left. Yeah, brilliant. And please, Natalie, do go and put your contact details yeah. in the chat function for people and they can get hold of you. Yeah. Um, Hannah, final thought. Final thoughts from heaven today. Um, yes. I think <laughs> don't let don't let professionalism get in the way of humanity. Like you 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 are a human and you're dealing with humans at the end of the day, like not not resources and you know, don't be too don't be all business and no heart if you need to show a heart. Yeah, and I mean, it's, it's like, like we said at the beginning, you know, when we set out to, to with Grow Traffic, what we wanted to do was build the kind of company that, that we wanted to work for. So if you are an employer or a director or an owner, whatever you are, you know, build the kind of business that you want to work for. Treat people how you want to be treated. It's not rocket science, you know, yeah. and, then, and the, the world of work could be a much better place. Thank you so much to you two for joining thank me. Um, thank you for Dali, who shot off and went to a funeral. Um, if you have been watching us live, thank you very much. If you are watching it back and you would like to ask us a question, you can still leave us a comment because we will see it. If you are listening to this on a podcast, please rate us and subscribe and tell somebody. Um, 
if you are watching it on YouTube, subscribe below, guys. Um, and also do leave us a comment because we will read it. Um, Natalie and I are recording a, a, a just a podcast episode next Thursday, aren't we? So that'll be out next Friday. Um, we're going to be doing a deep dive into a, a case study um, looking at workplace culture and how it can benefit you. So join us for that. And we'll be back here on Facebook Live in two weeks' time. But I've got no idea what we're talking about. That's it. The sun is out. Hannah's in heaven. Let's all go and have a lovely weekend. Wave!